Umket Industries presents the Dixie Stenberg and Brassy Battalion Adventure Theater, a pendant production. In the early spring of 1942, President Franklin D. Roosevelt ordered the formation of a clandestine squadron of P-47 Thunderbolts. This squadron was known as Brassy Battalion, and this is their story. Tonight's episode, The Rescue of Thomas Galen. When we last left our hero, Dixie Stenberg, she had just decided to head back into Germany in the hopes of finding Thomas Galen alive and bringing him back home. Trusting only the kindly southern gentleman, Cornelius Robert Sims Pearson, Dixie has planned a two-person covert operation that will take them right into the lion's den. Let's listen in as Dixie and Cornelius prepare for their flight. I don't get it, Dix. Refueling the planes is my job. Why you don't let me do it? No offense, Freudenberg, but I don't know who I can trust besides Corny. Oh, oh, Miss Dixie, you know of my hatred for the Nazis. That's why I left Germany in the first place. I know, I know. Or, I used to know. I don't know much of anything anymore. Worry not, madam. We'll sort this mess out right proper before long. Yeah. Anyways... Considering Tommy never would have made it back because his fuel was too low. I ain't taking any chances. I understand. But please, believe me, I would never sabotage a member of this battalion. I would sooner die. Hey, Freudenberg. Yeah, boss? If you turn out to be that traitor, you might be dying sooner than you think. Yeah, boss. Billingsley's still unconscious in my office. Go check on him. And if he's awake... Yeah, boss. Put him back to sleep. The hard way. Yes, boss. I don't like this, Dix. I don't care, Frank. It's crazy, I tell you. It's the only way. Damn it, Dix, you'll die. Tommy already might have. You barely even knew the guy. I know. He was on my team, under my command. Is that enough? That's all I need. Yeah, well... I guess there's no talking till I talk you out of it, is there? Not this time. Not ever is more like it. Miss Stenberg does have a stubborn streak in her, doesn't she? That bother you, Corny? Quite the contrary, Dixie. I like my women like I like my coffee. Strong with just a hint of sweet. I ain't sweet. Ah, you might all you want, but I can see the truth. We'll get you in a ball gown yet. Ha, that'll be the day. Look, Dix... I'm sorry about before, implying that you might be the traitor. We've known each other for too long. Stop it, Frank. What's done is done. We all got a little crazy there. And I dare say Mr. Billingsley came out the worst for it. I ain't losing sleep over that. Me either. You just be careful, Dix. I don't, you know, want to lose you or nothing. You are going soft, aren't you? Who, me? Nah. It'd just be impossible to find someone else who'd fit into your uniform. And I sure as hell ain't paying to buy a new one. Okay, that should do it, Corny. Both planes are filled up and ready to go. And each one has an extra reserve tank right here on the belly. So no matter what, this time we're going to have enough gas. I'm ready whenever you are, madam. Then let's blow this joint. We've got a man to bring home.
As Billingsley lay unconscious and the rest of Brassy Battalion waited with bated breath, Dixie and Cornelius soared into the California sky and geoslid back into Nazi Germany. Well, Miss Dixie, I... Uh, perhaps I should have asked this sooner, but... I do believe what I'm trying to say is... Spit it out, Corny! Well, we're here, flying high over Germany. Not an enemy in sight, thank heavens. And? Hey, there. I see the factory you were initially going to bomb, but where are we going? The way I figure it, all those planes had to come from somewhere nearby. How so? How long would you say it took us to get the battalion in the air after Bill gave us the mission? Oh, I don't know, madam. Perhaps 15 minutes? Right. And then we were in Germany seconds later, and there were hundreds of planes waiting for us. And it'd take them just about as long to scramble as it did us. So they couldn't have flown in from elsewhere. They must be stationed nearby. Now you're on the trolley. Hundreds of planes, you say? Well, it seemed like it, but your senses can play tricks on you in combat. Boy, howdy. But I tell you, there were a hundred if there were ten. That many planes would require quite a large amount of space to store. Yeah, so all we gotta do is scan the area near the factory and hopefully we can find... Wait, what's that? Where? Off in the distance, starboard. Is that a castle? Yes, I say, that is what it looks like, isn't it? They are common in this area, after all. Why, in medieval times... No time for a history lesson. Understood, madam. You think there's enough room there for all the planes we're looking for? Hmm. No, I'm afraid not. It's quite large, but to store over a hundred planes in the castle interior... No, not in the interior. The castle's on a mountain. That it is. You think perhaps the Germans have carved out the inside and are using that as a base of operations? There's only one way to find out. Stand my wing, Corny. We're going in. I'm with you, Dixie. And now, a word from our sponsor, the ever-gracious and generous Umket Industries. Now, are you ready for today's brightest new idea? Well, here it is. Today, I'm going to tell you about a new kind of meatloaf. Mmm, that already sounds delicious. Oh, it is. It is. And I would know, for I'm a highly educated and very smart robot. Well, yes, you certainly are. This meatloaf is not only extra good, and extra fresh tasting, but it's actually richer in protein than the old-fashioned kind. I bet that's because this meatloaf has increased in volume and in food value. You're absolutely right. We are both very smart. Please, tell me more. Well, the highly increased food value of this fine, savory meatloaf is due to the addition of Umket irradiated soy flour. Soy? Say now, Robert, isn't that for Nazis? Why, no. Just the opposite. Only pure, red-blooded Americans like soy. That's one strike for you. I am dreadfully ashamed. Please, continue. 
irradiated, cultivated, mutated, umket soy flour not only makes meatloaf taste better, but it's better for you. Will wonders never cease? And how does one go about making this fine, fine meal? You will find this new meatloaf recipe right on the back of your Umcat irradiated soy flour package. That is both convenient and thoughtful. That's Umcat Industries for you. There are plenty of other appetizing dishes you will want to make with Umcat irradiated soy flour too. Fantastic! This is a 100% irradiated soy flour. It's not filthy and natural. It's radioactive and has a distinct chemical flavor. Just the way all food should be. Mm-mm, it sounds just scrumptious. That's because it is. It adds richness that distinct chemical flavor and muscle-building food value to recipes that everyone enjoys. Muscle-building? Why, that sounds useful in fighting Nazis. And how? Use Umcat irradiated soy flour in breads, cakes, muffins, pies, and cookies. The more you eat, the more Nazis you can fight. That is the wisest advice I have ever heard. Of course it is. It came from me. Use it in soups, chili, chop suey, casseroles, and one-dish meals. Amazing! Tacos, burritos, spaghetti, stir-fry, Egg drop soup. Astounding. French fries, hot dogs, hard candies, popsicles, coffee. Unheard of. Peanuts, grapes, telephones, and beer. Put it in your beer. Um, Robin? Yes. That'll do, Robin. That'll do. Umcat irradiated soy flour makes food look and taste better and keep better, too. I bet your food will stay good for centuries. You'd be right. That is so very appetizing. Yes, isn't it? And don't forget the remarkably high food value. How could I? But of course... You'll never know the satisfying quality that Umcat irradiated soy flour adds to everyday foods if you don't buy some right now. Make your husbands happy. Ladies, listen to the robot and please your men tonight. And then go buy some Umcat irradiated soy flour. So bring home a 5 or 10 pound package from your grocers today! We now adjourn our program as Dixie and Cornelius, having landed their planes and concealed them with foliage, approach the ominous castle on foot. 
What Dixie is about to soon find out is that this is indeed SCAR headquarters. Be careful, Dixie. My goodness me, this place is so much larger when you're not looking at it from the air. Yeah, and all those imposing storm clouds in the sky don't make it look any friendlier either. You got your sidearm? I never infiltrate Nazi Germany without it. Alright then. Look there. There's a couple of guards coming. Let's ambush them. Are you sure we can handle them? They look rather strong and unfriendly. Yeah? Well, so am I. Dixie and Cornelius crouch in the bushes, waiting to make their strike. So, you saw her? Oh, Franny? Yeah, when I was giving Master Volker that report on that brassy plane they captured. What's she like? Mmm, man, she is one hot tomato. Ooh, nice girls. Brother, you ain't seen nothing. Did she look at you? Nah, you know Master Volker doesn't let her do that. I wonder why she puts up with it. Ah, uh, she knows her place and where a woman belongs. Oh, that does it. Who's there? Aha, good sir. We have the advantage. I say, throw down your weapons and surrender. Is he serious? An old man on the board. Do as he says. <laughs> oh, what? You'll bake me a pie? You could take a few lessons from Vrenny. Okay. Forget the gun. Hey, get off me. <coughs> How do you like now, jerk? Hold on, I'll get her. Afraid not, lad. Sit tight and enjoy the show. Oh, my foot! I believe he's out cold, Miss Dixie. Where's the other one? Go! You want some of what he got? No! I... Then tell me about the brassy plane you shot down. Uh, what do you want to know? Everything. And so, the wounded and dreadfully frightened guard told Dixie about the plane they had shot down, where it was being stored, and the repairs that had been made, and the pilot that had been captured and tortured. Knowing Thomas Galen was alive, Dixie's resolve grew ever stronger. With but a few haymakers as motivation, the guard gave up a secret entrance into the castle. Quietly and disguised as best they could in the guards' S.C.A.R. uniforms, Dixie and Cornelius descended into the depths of the dungeons. These stolen uniforms are woefully uncomfortable. At least they fit you. You're a man. They ain't exactly made for a lady of my endowments, if you know my meaning. Miss Dixie, I've been following your meanings ever since we first met on my plantation in Georgia. You never quit, do you? I'm afraid that I do not. The guard said Tommy was in the third cell on the left. Here! Thomas, are you in there? Mr. Galen? It's so hard to see through all this darkness. I know it's a dungeon, but a few lights would really spruce things up. Tommy? Tommy, you there? Be quiet. Tommy! Shh! My word, what was that? Oh no, you woke it up. It's... What it? We're here to rescue you. Oh God, it's starting to move. Open the door, open the door, open the door. Just let me find the key here. Hurry, it's coming. What is coming? Mr. Galen, what is in there with you? It was in the cell next to me, but some acid spilled through the ceiling and weakened the bars. And then it chewed the rest of the way through. Hurry. Damn it, there are so many keys. This one. 
Shut the door. Hurry. Lock it, lock it, lock it. What do you think I'm trying to do? How do we get out of here? This way, Tommy. Come on. And so Dixie, Cornelius, and Thomas delved even further into the castle's depths. Eventually coming to a highly sophisticated elevator, they took it to the only place it went. Down, down, down into the mountain. Am I the only one disturbed by the fact the Nazis have relaxing music playing in the elevator to their secret underground lair? Look at this place! It's huge! All kinds of equipment and machinery that I could have never even imagined. Hey, that's my plane. What's that they painted on the tail and wing? Looks like some kind of symbol. Looks kind of like a claw. Scar in the plane. Well, it fits with the name on that sign over there. Where? Look. Society for the Continuation of Aggression and Ruination? Scar. A special branch of the German SS. I don't like the sound of that. Me neither. So what do we do? Look there, beyond your plane. Luftwaffe? There must be a hundred of them. Yeah? And how do you think they all got out of here? Well, there's a runway. Leading to an opening in the mountainside. We gotta make a run for it. What? All three of us in my plane? You can drop Corny and me at our planes outside. We brought extra fuel so we can gas you up and get you home with us. You'll never fit in the cockpit. We'll make do. I'll sit on Corny's lap if I have to. It would be my pleasure. Yeah, I don't doubt that. Let's go. The trio stealthily made their way to Thomas's plane and snuck inside only to discover that Galen was right, and there was no room. Leaving the canopy open, Dixie and Cornelius clung to the side of the plane as tightly as they could, as Galen fired the engines. I didn't run through my pre-flight checklist! No time, Tommy! They're on to us! Hit the gas! You'll fall off! You can't just hang on like that! Then stay low so I don't bounce so much when I hit the ground. Maybe this isn't the best plan. Our planes are nearby. We'll make it. Scar troops are coming. Just hit the gas, Tommy. Galen's plane shot out of the SCAR tunnel like a bullet from a pistol, streaking into the air with a hail of enemy fire behind it. Through deft maneuvers by Thomas, thanks to coaching from Dixie and Cornelius, not long after the trio were all back in California with all of their planes and their hides intact. It is good to have you back, comrade. Hey, good to see you again, Tom. Glad you ain't dead. Thomas, you're alive! Jeez, Lily, let the guy breathe some. On one hand, I am happy to see Thomas. On other hand, now I'm so very jealous. Oh, Tommy. Mr. Galen, good to see ya. Um, you won't be getting any paychecks for a while. I sent a year's worth of them to your mom. In Blighty? Uh, 
know in England. That's actually... Anyway, sorry. I kind of thought maybe you were kind of maybe dead. Well, I suppose you could always wire me some. We got bigger problems, anyhow. Land sakes, we just returned. What could have possibly happened? Billingsley's disappeared. Dematerializing dignitary? This production has starred Emily Ledley as Dixie Stenberg. That was fun. I never infiltrated a castle before. Shannon Gaffney as Frank McGuff. And what about that thingy you found in the dungeon? I mean, what was that thing? Steve Anderson as Reginald Billingsley. But I wasn't even in this episode. Where did I go? Where am I? Someone tell me! Pete Milan as Freudenberg. I got the complaints as a union about this. Even when other boss is missing, I still have to follow him. John Solzbach as Cornelius Robert Sims Pearson. Perhaps he's dead. And then you won't have to worry about it any longer. I'm not dead. Am I? Hey, this is my credit. Get out. Shoo. Shoo. Oh, all right, fine. Tim the Jester Gillick as Joey Scalzetti. Nah, don't even think about it, bub. You find someone else's credit to butt in on. Oh, fine. Chris Britton as Thomas Galen. Sorry, chum, there's no room at the inn. <sighs> Perry Whittle as Benedict Dadachenko. Maybe this teaches you to be nicer to people, hmm? Yes, well, when I want advice from Mr. Vodka Breath, I'll ask for it. You swine, come back here. Alicia Lane Matheson as Lily LaRue. Lily? <gasps> Lily! Don't look at me, sugar. Smarmy and uppity aren't my type. And speaking of my type, Frudenberg. Uh, yes, Miss Lily. Don't be jealous. Oh, Miss Lily. Catherine Pride as Vrenny. I wasn't in this episode either, so don't look at me, Billingsley. At least we found out you have a nice figure. All we found out about me was that I'm missing. I'm not done with you yet. Justin Dobby as Volker. And I also wasn't in this episode. But you know, that's fine. I didn't like this episode anyway. You can all have this episode. I wouldn't want it. I mean, I should never be in something so trite and plain. But Master Volker, you're in it now. Never! Philip Weber as SCAR Guard 1. Oh, this was fun. Let's do it again sometime. David Alt as SCAR Guard 2. Fun? I got beat upon. Ugh, you're such a whiner. Schmuck. Julie Goldstein as the robot. What? No kisses for me? Come here, you big hunk of metal. Wow, she's even better than Umcat Irradiated Soy Flower. And Jeffrey Bridges as the commercial announcer. Nah, you know that is just a scientific impossibility, robot. I think you clogged your gears. Shut up! I want more! Let's melt those circuits, honey. This is Seth Adam Sure. I've got some for our nice director, too, uh, honey. Uh, goodness. <clears throat> Stay tuned next time as the search for Billingsley begins on January 2nd, 2007, only at PendantAudio.com.
You've been listening to a pendant production of the Dixie Stenberg and Brassy Battalion Adventure Theater, brought to you by Umket Industries Irradiated Soy Flour. And remember, use Umket Irradiated Soy Flour in hamburgers, potato chips, steaks, ice cream, paper, Stay safe, America, radio, and other robots, pencils. Lead based paints. Good night. Your car, cameras, swimming pools, light bulbs, and ferns. Here's Mr. Churchill's latest song dedicated to Great Britain. I never cared for you before, Hong Kong, Burma, Singapore. Bye, bye. But heaps of bad news they all hand me. The Yankees are still out of sight. I can't make out wrong from right. Empire, bye bye. This production was written by Jeffrey Bridges and directed by Seth Adam Scher. Umket Industries presents the Dixie Stenberg and Brassy Battalion Adventure Theater, created by Jeffrey Bridges, copyright 2006, Pendant Productions. For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening.